Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This is going to be a special episode. I'm doing this on the fly. This is kind of a last-minute deal because I want to react to something that kind of blew up social media the week of, of August 5th, 2019. So if you're listening to this in the future, this is what happened this week. But it came out this week that uh, an investor by the name of Stephen Ross, who owns a series of companies called Related, he also also is a major investor in the Equinox and SoulCycle brands of, of fitness studios. Well, it turns out that Mr. Ross happens to support uh, the President Trump and is going to be hosting a $250,000 a ticket fundraiser for Mr. Trump. Well, news broke on, uh, when, what was that? What date was that? That was uh, Wednesday, August the 7th. News broke that Mr. Ross was indeed hosting that fundraiser. And it sent the social media into a stratosphere. Boycott Equinox became one of the top five trending hashtags on social media because so many Equinox's members were disgusted by the fact that their money was going to support somebody who is supporting President Trump. And that's what I want to talk about. That's what actually what I am talking about on this episode is I reached out to a reporter um, for Think Progress. Zach Ford is who I spoke with. Zach and I had a conversation about the overall Think Progress. Obviously, is a very progressive um, organization. They work with the LGBTQ community, and so I want to reach out to him. I actually reached out to another client of mine who is a political activist, former client of mine who's a political activist. He wasn't available, but he put me in touch with Zach. But we had a really fascinating discussion about LGBTQ politics and why this is such a big issue, especially in relation to the community that serves Equinox. So we have a couple different interviews for today. I have Zach Ford from Think Progress, and I'm going to read a statement uh, from, a, from a friend of mine, an Equinox instructor by the name of Jaron Lyles. Jaron has been on the podcast a couple times before. I did an interview with him a number of episodes back. He's a really fun guy, a really unique guy, and he's somebody that actually had been a, a teacher, an elementary school teacher before, before he got into fitness. But Jaron is a fabulous instructor based in New York who happens to work for Equinox, and he wrote a great post on social media about his commitment to the company. And this is the dichotomy that a lot of people have, especially for people who work for Equinox. And I've talked, the reason, one of the reasons why I'm covering this for listeners is I've had a number of, a number of my guests on the show have been current and former employees of Equinox. So it's been kind of a sub-theme. And in my opinion, Equinox is probably one of the better health clubs out there because they get it right. They deliver a high-end product for their members. They have, they, they require high standards for their fitness staff. It takes a lot to be a trainer at Equinox. It takes a lot to be an instructor at Equinox. And that's what I'm familiar with. I've also been a member of Equinox. They really are a high-end facility. And if you haven't been in one, it really, put it this way, once you, once you stay at a Ritz-Carlton, it's really hard to go back and stay at a Motel 6. And the exact same thing is, is true with the health club experience. So on one hand, you may look at this and go, okay, this is just a bunch of rich white people problems. And let's take a step back because in all reality, it is. Reality, let's take a step back and look at what Equinox is in the community it serves. Equinox is a very high-end health club that starts at about $150 a month, and it goes up from there. SoulCycle, another property owned by Mr. Ross, the uh, Trump campaign contributor, SoulCycle charges $30 and up a class. So should we really care? In all honesty, that's one question to ask. And should we really care that this population who, who frequents these businesses gets, you know, gets upset about the policies? Well, maybe we should because we have to look at the policies that are being supported. So to take a step from in this, in the discussion today, I speak with, with Zach from Think Progress. I talked to Jaron. You know, I read a statement from Jaron, and Jaron wasn't available, just the timing and everything. I wanted to get this on air pretty quickly. And then I speak with Dr. Natalia Petrozella. 
Dr. Petrozella has been on the show before. She's great. She hosts a podcast called Past Present, and she's great at covering these issues. But the thing is, Dr. Petrozella is writing a book on the fitness industry in American culture. And like myself, she's also a former Equinox instructor. So we talk about this from a historical perspective. We talk about this mainly from a socioeconomic perspective and why we should, should we care about whether or not the owner of a business that we enjoy supports a politician who we don't support? Because that fundamentally is the, is the question here, folks, is, you know, Mr. Ross, the person who owns the companies that own Equinox, is free to donate to whomever he chooses. That's fine. That, that, is, that is the free speech, right? He, it's his money. He can spend it how he wants. He can support who he wants. That's fine. But let's take that a step further and look at all the customers. Look at all the people who pay membership fees, $150, $200 a month, $30 a class for SoulCycle. These are people who have the freedom to choose the way they want to spend their money too. And these are many of these members are people who do not have values that align with this current president and this current administration. That's why this is an important issue. You are seeing people who are vehemently opposed to the direction of our country and vehemently opposed to the policies of our president Right now, we can't get anything done in Congress. It's another 14 months before we can vote at the ballot box. So this is one thing that people can do right away is vote with their wallets. And that's the discussion that we have today. Talk with Zach Ford about LGBTQ issues, why this is such a hot-button topic. We hear from – I'm going to read a statement from an Equinox instructor. Who's, it's a very heartfelt statement because these are real people that, that, that have to earn a living making, helping people get healthier. And then I'm going to speak with Dr. Natalia Petrozella about the overall implications of it. I'm not even doing any ads on this one. I'm going to jump right in, and I'm going to be speaking with Zach Ford from Think Progress. I'm Pete McCall, the All About Fitness Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with somebody quite different. I'm speaking with Zach Ford from Think Progress. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing great. I never thought I would be on a fitness podcast before, so here I am. <laughs> well, I like to think I'm a slightly different fitness podcast. And what I want to speak with you about today, uh, Zach, is what you wrote yesterday in your newsletter. Do you want to talk about what, what – well, first of all, talk about the kind of work you do um, first. I think that would be, be interesting to our listeners. Sure. So I write for Think Progress, which is a progressive news site. And for the long t longest time, I've covered LGBTQ issues there, but I also now cover the Trump administration. So I'm really just writing about political news most days. And in my newsletter, Fording the River Sticks, I produce a daily roundup of LGBTQ political news. So if you sign up for that, every evening you'll get just a quick summation of what's happening in the world and uh, how you can you know, stay informed on queer issues. Well, and, and that's why this is such a fascinating concept because the reason why we reached out to you today, and for listeners, I've already done a little a little introduction, but we're, I'm talking with you about the whole issue with Ross and Equinox and SoulCycle. You know, when you look at this, how has the Trump administration been in its two and a half, three years? How has the Trump administration taught, uh, treated the LGBTQ community? You know, really terribly. Uh, there are some gay Republicans out there who will try to tell you that Donald Trump is the most pro-LGBTQ president we've ever had, but there's little to no evidence to support that and quite a lot to the contrary. Uh, in particular, the Trump administration has just devastated transgender rights uh, in just about every sort of facet of life, whether it's education, employment, housing, or even the prison system. The Trump administration has reversed transgender rights, uh, undone protect protections that the, Trump or the Obama administration had put in place uh, and otherwise worked to make it harder for trans people to find the protection 
protections that they need. But even when it comes to issues affecting lesbian, gay, and bi people, they have, uh, you know, actually argued in court that we should be allowed to be discriminated against for who we are, and they've fought to challenge different protections uh, that are in place for our community. So it's a, it's a very anti-LGBTQ agenda that this administration has put forth, and they attempt to damage control every once in a while, but it's, it's really clear that they're hurting us. And, and I see that. And, and Zach, just so you know, my dad, my dad's gay, and, and I grew up around the community in the D.C. area. So I kind of, so I've, I've been very, you know, we're very, everywhere down here. <laughs> well, for people that don't know, I mean, and that's how that's how you and I connected. It was one of my former clients uh, who, who's a political organizer. And and for people who don't don't realize, it's a very interconnected community. But why do you think we saw such a backlash of boycott Equinox on social media yesterday? Well, you know, I. I I personally have not been a customer of Equinox or SoulCycle, so I can't speak to it myself. But from what I understand, is it's actually a, a, a business that has a very large LGBTQ clientele. And Equinox gyms and, and SoulCycle locations are places where a lot of gay people have a social experience with each other. And so these these businesses were sort of built with queer dollars, in a sense, um, and, and became important social venues for us. And so it, it feels like this ultimate betrayal to the community that one of its largest investors, one of the people profiting the most uh, off of these gyms, which are, are not cheap, uh, is using that money to, to hurt us by supporting, by supporting Donald Trump's re-election campaign. Well, and I think that's why you're seeing such a, a guttural reaction. And for listeners, I've, I've been an Equinox instructor. I'm, I'm currently not working for the company, and I'm going to explain why at the end of, at the, end of the podcast – I got to have a tease, the reason for people to, to listen, right? <laughs> but sure. you know, I'll explain why I'm not working with the company more. But when you look at this, what, what Equinox has done over the years, Zach, is they've, they've done that. They actually just recently did in this last year. They did a whole campaign around the anniversary of Stonewall in, in Greenwich Village in New York. So I can totally see why you know, Equinox has built its empire on the backs of the community. So I can see why there's such a reaction. As, as someone, you may not be a member, but what did you feel when you saw that yesterday? And even though you not you don't spend your money at an Equinox or Soul Cycle, what was your reaction as, as someone who's who's active in the community and, and identifies with the rest of the community? Well, I, you know, my reaction was the same frustration that I have with everybody who supports Donald Trump, which is, you know, clearly your agenda is more about your profits than what other people experience in their lives, and that that always a hard thing to reckon with. You know, so many people look at all of the different things that are happening in our country, whether it's mass shootings or mass deportations and child separation or, or what have you, and they say, this is not America, this is not who we are. And I think what we kind of have to keep reckoning with is, yeah, this is who we are, and this is what capitalism looks like. But this moment with Equinox also comes as the queer community is having a whole lot of conversations about what does it mean to have corporate support. Uh, you know, as, as you just said, we just had this 50th anniversary of Stonewall and we had more than ever just every single big corporation changing their logo rainbow and, and putting out rainbow themed products and, and things like that to show their support. And I, I want to be clear that what corporations have done for the queer community is important uh, because in a lot of big legal cases and challenges, 
a lot of the big companies in our country have come to our defense and said, hey, we need non-discrimination protections, we need marriage equality, we need all of these other pieces, because that actually improves our workers' experience. It means that they can move state to state without having to worry about facing discrimination or not having the same protections. And that, and they're more productive when they have a safe working environment at our companies. And so there is a, a, a good symbiotic relationship that, that has existed in the past, but we still live in a capitalist country, still live in a place where the most important priority for businesses is making money. And so we're starting to question if whether or not some of those relationships are exploitive. And there's actually a new campaign called Zero for Zeros, which is looking at companies that actually have really great records on LGBTQ issues. They kind of do all the right things in terms of their corporate policies uh, and and how they, they talk about our issues when they lobby. But they're also giving money to political candidates who have done the exact opposite, who have voted against or, or specifically supported anti-LGBTQ issues to sort of just hold them accountable and say, hey, if you really want credit for being an ally, if you really are you know, uh, vying for our queer dollars, we're actually going to hold you accountable for it in every single different forum uh, of ways that you spend money. And so we're, we're, we're shifting the conversation yet again. And so this, this massive fundraiser that Stephen Ross is going to host just kind of lands at this moment where we're already kind of looking at companies being like, eh, are you as friendly as you claim to be? And here's somebody who clearly is not. Well, and that's and I want to make I want to make this point for listeners. You, you know, Equinox traditionally, I, a number of the people I've known, a number of the executives I've known who have worked for Equinox are gay, are part of the, the the LGBT community. I can think of three or four off the top of my head who are still in executive leadership positions right now. The entire company has been built around inclusivity, and I think Zach, that's why there's such a guttural reaction yesterday to, to for people waking up and going, wait a minute. This is a company I spend $200 a month to go to the gym for. I love it. They make, they make my life better, yet my dollars are going to support this, this guy? Do you think in the past, like say, do you think if Steve Ross were a supporter of George W. Bush, do you think there would have been such a strong reaction just you know, from supporting a Republican candidate? Why do you think the, the reaction was so strong this time? Well, I think Trump just is such a visceral force that when you think of Trump, you can automatically think of so many terrible things that he has wrought upon this country. And you know, I think an interesting juxtaposition is actually the conversation we've had for many years about Chick-fil-A, because my, my colleague Josh Israel and I at Think Progress regularly report every year and show that Chick-fil-A is still giving to anti-LGBTQ companies. But for a lot of people, they just think of it as fried chicken. And they know that the company is kind of bad, but they don't see it as a big public player. And so even though I personally boycott Chick-fil-A, I know a lot of queer people who don't have the same kind of concerns about it because they don't see the stakes as, as being so high. But with Donald Trump, the stakes are about as high as they can get because it's about our personal safety. It's about our personal liberty. It's about the fate of our country. And it's just as opposed to Chick-fil-A, where the company's owner is an anti-LGBTQ Christian, and we know that, to see a company that was thought of and seen as this very LGBTQ inf inclusive and friendly place, to then support the very opposite of that in Donald Trump just creates such a jarring reaction. And I have to tell you, just from social media and friends I have, there are instructors in New York, L.A., and in, in South Florida, you know, in areas with large, you know, communities, LGBT communities that are quitting in droves. 
And you've also had instructors that, that have come out and said, you know, I still support my members. And st- so you have a very divided issue right now. This is really, I mean, just, I mean, you may not be aware of it, but for, from what I've seen, the friends I have still working for the company, it's really created a lot of turmoil. So finally, Zach, last question that I want to ask is, why is it so important? You know, you can take a look, you can take a look at the issues and there might be people that, that, that care or don't care about this, but why is it so important for people of your community to vote with their dollars? You know, the anecdote I share a lot is right after we won marriage equality in 2015, my aunt said, well, what are you going to do now? Because, you know, you were totally focused on LGBTQ issues and like that's over now. And she quickly realized that like that is not the case. And progress is fragile. We have to make sure that we're not ever backsliding and holding on to everything that we have accomplished. And Trump is really showing how easy it is to dismantle and destroy that progress. So I think seeing, you know, here's an opportunity to hold people accountable uh, is really motivating a lot of folks to to walk with and walk away and, and spend their money elsewhere. Perfect. Zach, hey, I appreciate your time in. You hopped on the call really quick. What's the name of your of your uh, blog again, and, and how could people get more information about you and what you're doing with Think Progress? Sure. If you want to follow my political reporting, you can go read us at thinkprogress.org. You can also just follow me on Twitter at Zach Ford, where you'll find a link to my newsletter, Fording the River Sticks. Awesome. Hey, Zach, appreciate your time, and welcome to your first fitness podcast, man. You crushed it. Thanks so much. Well, that was a fun discussion. And for listeners, I just realized I wanted to make a point that, no, we're staying all about fitness. I'm not becoming all about politics. I know I did a quick fit tip recently, you know, talking about the gun issue. But this came up, and I thought this is an important topic. And because I've had so many people from Equinox on the show, I really wanted to address this because this is really an issue. I mean, it's a bigger issue in our society is how do we spend our money? Do we want the way we spend our money to represent the values that we hold? You know, and that really becomes something we have to think about because let's face it, every company that we do business with probably does one or two things that we wouldn't like, that we wouldn't we wouldn't appreciate or we wouldn't agree with the business practices of every single thing. So how do we pick and choose? But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read a, I'm going to read a message from Jaron Lyles. Jaron is an Equinox instructor in, in New York City, and you know, he's been a previous guest. So I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to read this verbatim. This November will make a decade for me at Equinox. Though my knowledge of the company was limited at the time, I knew they were a company with incredibly high standards, expectations of excellence, business-oriented, and focused on their bottom line above all. I have similar values. I'm emotionally detached when it comes to how business operate, so I was prepared for the harsh choices that would come with, that would come up, uh, parentheses, see healthcare, close parentheses. Those are the cons that come with working for a corporate entity and people decide for themselves what they will tolerate. I overlooked certain things. I understand. I understood that others cannot. Yet, even when focused on financial bottom line, most companies have an ethos, a guiding principle, or set of values. For all the justified outrage at Stephen Ross directly or indirectly profiting off of Equinox, one thing that we can all agree on is that Equinox, the company, the brand, does not share or support Trump's values. Equinox is a company that takes pride in inclusivity, bucking the status quo, and being innovative. The people I've met here have made me a better person, and no matter what opportunities came my way, no matter how much money was thrown at me, my heart kept me here. Ross invested in Equinox in the late 2000s and has always donated to Republicans. This is not new. What is new is Trump and the widespread toxicity 
that has caused everyone to draw lines in the sand. If your conviction is such that you don't want a nickel of your membership money to go in the hands of someone who will support Trump, that's fair. But demonizing Equinox itself for the choice one man made without Equinox input is unfair and only validates the argument that the cancel culture is mob-like and may get Trump re-elected. Oh, that's scary. Equinox is not just a fancy gym. It is maintenance staff who came here to America hoping for a better life, trainers who overcame health issues and wanted to help others, fitness instructors who live, live for putting smiles on people's faces, and CEOs who had a vision of elevating the nation's quality of life. One man's donation will not and should not make us lose sight of that. I stand with Equinox. It's not fitness. It's life. That's Jaron Lyles, an instructor from Brooklyn, New York. And Jaron, I think, sums it up for a lot of people in the industry. As I mentioned, I no longer work for Equinox, and I'll talk about that as I wrap the show up. Um, but that's the choice that they have, right? Because when we look at businesses, you know, whether we work for a business or even if we work for a country, you know, I mean, you might be an employee of the United States, and you're not going to agree with everything the government does all the time. And it could be, think of how many Republicans had to hold their nose and, and, and enact Obama-era policies. So we, we, that, we're built on the fact, our system is built on the fact that we do have differences of opinion. But what's different now is, is we have somebody who, who somehow got elected president who just doesn't, ha, has no empathy, has no, I can't even, I mean, is devoid of any personality or devoid of any humanity. You know, let alone the way he, he just, it's somebody who's so atrocious and how he acts. And I think that's why so many people have a visceral reaction. And that's how I start the conversation here with Dr. Petrozella. Dr. Natalia Petrozella is a professor at the New School in New York City. And we're going to talk about the implications of this from a political standpoint and from a social economic standpoint. Here we go. I'm Pete McCall, the All About Fitness podcast, speaking today with Dr. Uh, Natalia Petrozella. Dr. Petrozella, how are you doing? And where, where are you a professor uh, right now? I'm a professor. I'm associate professor of history at the New School in New York City. And so associate professor of history, you, you're, you stay pretty well aware of fitness trends and, and historical events, because I've had you on the podcast a couple of times before. And if, I know you're working on a, on a piece on the fitness industry. Can you tell us what exactly that is? Yeah, so I'm working on a book called and How America Embraced Size as the Government Abandoned It. And it's kind of like the ultimate fun project for me as a historian, obviously obsessed with history, but also as a total gym rat. It allows me to indulge my hobby while doing, you know, serious work. And so basically it's the story of how America became a country so obsessed with fitness, but yet one where only 20% of Americans do the recommended, um, you know, minimal exercise a day, a week, and where um, access to fitness has actually become more difficult as it's become less a kind of free or affordable commodity and more like a, a private commodity. So that's the book I'm working on. And so, yeah, I definitely look at the at American history through the lens of fitness for sure. Well, and that, that brings us exactly what I'm going to speak with you today. Plus, you had, a, you had a great Twitter thread, and I need to figure out how I can try to pin that, those, those tweets to, to this podcast. But oh, we're talking about, I want to talk with you about, you know, um, Mr. Ross, Stephen Ross, related in the, in the Equinox, you know, that whole yeah. the debacle with boycott Equinox. Why do you think, and, and for the record, you and I are both former Equinox instructors, correct? 
Exactly. I thought you were still there. Are you not there any longer? No, I'm, I'm not. I don't teach for it, and I'll explain that later at the uh, after yeah. the end of the broadcast. There's there's a little okay. story there which which I'll explain, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, sure. not, I'm not teaching. It's it's all good stuff, but no, I'm not teaching there yeah. anymore. All right, got it. Yeah, I taught there for several years. I might get the exact dates wrong, but like 2007 until about 2016, I want to say. So a long time, and I was a member before that. I'm actually a member now as well. So um, okay, yeah, I thought that might be. Yeah, I thought that might be the case. And and in in all, I mean, the only company. Well, I take that back. But until this past year, the only uh, company I've ever paid for a membership in the past 20 years was Equinox. I uh, yeah, company. you know, um, they offer something really, really, you know, that I think a lot of people want, including clearly us who have pretty high standards about fitness. And, and so why do you think people reacted so strongly to, to, and well, let me, before I ask this, let me take a step back. Do you think at the height, think back to 2003, 2004, at the height of, of, of all the tension, getting ready to invade Iraq, all this stuff with the George W. Bush administration, do you think at that time there would have been the same reaction? to to uh, Mr. Ross having donated to the Republican Party for George W. Bush? You know, it's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think so in part because I think social media has a lot to do with spreading um, kind of outrage and spreading the news very quickly. So I think that's part of it. And I know that's probably not what you were getting at with your question, but I definitely think the medium is part of it. Now, the message itself, I mean, you know, I think that Trump has ignited a kind of further-flung um, rage, really, among Americans. And so I think that whereas you would find people who might have not considered themselves particularly politically engaged before the age of Trump, we've seen a lot of those people kind of waking up and getting um, much angrier um, about that. So I think that would suggest that maybe you wouldn't have had the same reaction then. I also, one other point that I think is relevant about why it might not have played out the same way is that one of the reasons that people are so angry about Ross having this fundraiser for Trump is not just that the uh, owner or, you know, like a very senior person in a brand that they love is supporting Donald Trump, but it's that Donald Trump is supporting, sorry, but it's that, um, you know, Equinox or the parent company is supporting somebody who supports um, it, it, the senior leadership of the Econox, I'm sorry, is supporting a president who has proven to himself to be very hostile to LGBT rights, right? And Equinox is a brand that makes a lot of being a big supporter of pride and of different LGBT causes, sometimes I think quite sincerely, although they make money off it. And I point that out in response to your question, because I think back in 2004, you actually didn't have that kind of marketing for big corporations like Equinox be so much a thing, right? Like pride as a kind of mass market phenomenon, at least in the kind of markets where Equinox is, that's a pretty recent vintage, like the last five to 10 years. So I think part of what is really ticking people off is that perceived hypocrisy around LGBT issues. And I can't imagine that that would have played out in the same way, you know, 15 years ago, um, even though there was plenty of racial outrage at, at Bush. You know, and, and I, that's right. I, I wasn't thinking of it in that context. You know, the context I was thinking of it was in maybe finding, you know, while people were disagreed policies, they didn't find Mr. Bush a disagreeable person. They didn't find him to be mm-hmm. such a, a detestable individual. And they understood, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I mean, they, they yeah. can look beyond that. But I really, I think you're taking the right approach to it. But that, that's exactly what I want to speak with you about, because Equinox has this strong history, Natalia, 
of yeah. being inclusive, of being diverse. And they've built, I mean, that's what their entire brand is built on. So when yeah. do you, I mean, how do you think that resonates as a member? How does that resonate with you to all of a sudden find out that, you know, that, that your money, your dues are, are supporting, you know, this political issue? Well, I would say yes and no on Equinox and being inclusive. I think absolutely yes. I mean, the reason I've kind of stuck around for so long is I think the most incredible people are attracted there to work out there. It creates an incredible community. I've seen people of all shapes and sizes kind of come together. I've met people I never would have come into contact with before. And, of course, their marketing is, you know, trumpets that. It's looks like a Benetton ad updated for 2019. And as I've said, pride issues are like especially vocal. All of that is great. That being said, um, Equinox is not exactly like a bastion of democracy, as I said in that Twitter thread. First of all, it's very expensive. Like there's no question about it. Um, and two, you know, it um, a lot of their marketing, even though they now make it much more kind of racially inclusive and, and uh, in terms of... Um, sexual orientation, but like it still tends to be very much a place that advertises itself. It's like this is where the beautiful people hang out. And I think that you know you might not we might not realize that when you spend so much time there in the air you breathe. But like go to that gym and then talk into like your local YMCA. You're like, oh this is what inclusive is. You know? So I think to your point that's that's very fair. I think and the one thing I've said, and yeah, we both have a lot of friends that work in leadership, but yeah. one of the things about the company that I've always noticed is it's kind of run by and for the gay community. Uh, and I get that sense here, having taught for the company and worked with the company in Carlsbad in suburban mm-hmm. Southern California, they don't do any programming for kids. You're in an area, they have some clubs in some of the most affluent areas yeah. in the country Yet they don't do. You would think they would have youth conditioning. You think they have some sort of kids programming, but yeah. they do. They don't want that business. They they don't want kids. My understanding from the senior executives are they don't want kids in the organization. So you're right. They they are not inclusive of the entire of the population as a whole. Yeah, and that's interesting you mentioned about kids because you know I'm sure in California as well, but in, in New York there are uh, quite a few locations or a few locations I should say that have kids clubs. But you're right, they're totally separated from the programming. It's not like say Lifetime where I believe it's Lifetime where they have like you know children's hours and things like that. And I think that that has to do with yeah, you're probably right in terms of serving a gay community which is assumed not to have as many children, although that might be changing. But I also think it has to do with the fact Equinox and other places like it, though Equinox has really led the way, they're billing themselves as like not just a place to go work out, but a place that's almost like a temple of self-care, right? And part of that self-care is like you leave your children out of the picture. This isn't a place you pop into and like run quickly on the treadmill and then like, you know, um, do an activity with your child in the next room or even often have childcare there. And that I think, you know, is part of what they see as their competitive advantage. Like this is a whole 360 experience, right? But I think it actually ends up like you're saying, making it more exclusive, not just of children, but as people who can't, you know, who don't have a nanny or someone else to watch their kids at home and so they don't get to participate at all. And that, um, and then I'll stop on this point, but that is something that I actually brought up something I just recently wrote about uh, Jazzercise, which is very much not an Equinox type of fitness brand. It just turned 50. And one of the things that I 
Okay, real quick. Uh, normally, I try to record co- podcasts using something like Skype Audio or Zencaster. You get a higher quality, um, higher quality sound. You know, but I had to catch Dr. Petzzella on a cell phone, so that kind of explains the audio. <laughs> Part of the problem with doing a cell phone is we lost the signal. So just about then is when the call dropped. But I got a hold of her, and we pick up the conversation right here. Yeah, and so you know, think what you will of jazzercise, but it has been around for fifty years and is still making decent money. And the, to me, the most interesting part was that all of those young women um, came into that brand because the centers were set up to allow them to be there. And I honestly think that that first, um, from my research on the company, that first was less a way to like, how do we like make the brand sticky for fifty years to come, and it more was like, these are suburban moms who don't have anywhere to put their kids. So let's create a facility for them and then programming for them. And, you know, and that's what they came up. That is a very different way to differentiate the brand than what you see with Equinox and other luxury places like that, where it's like, this is for you. And that you is not only singular you, but that you also assumes a certain level of either childlessness childlessness or um, affluence that you have somewhere to leave your child or someone else to take care of them while you go do your fitness thing. Well, and that, so let's talk for a minute and just take this a step further because you're talking about a very affluent membership and a very affluent, you know, a business model. Do you think that's why we're seeing this reaction that people are now voting with their dollars or people reacting with their dollars? Because I think this is relatively, There have been boycotts, but now with social media, it's almost immediate. What do you think about this new reaction, Natalia, of this immediate automatic, we're going to boycott people that we don't agree with or that don't align with our values? Look, I mean, we, um, you know, people, we live in a capitalist and democratic system. And so I fully applaud people's ability to choose how they're going to spend their money and to choose to support companies that stand for the values that they believe in. Um, and like, so I have no issue with somebody who quits, um, Equinox or who decides not to join, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that being said, I think often these decisions, when you start peeling back the onion and look at all the brands that you patronize, they can be, they can feel a little arbitrary or cherry picked, right? So like, um, you know, for example, Lululemon, a company for which I used to be an ambassador, and there was a certain breaking point where I became so disgusted with the hypocrisy of the leadership there and what they were supposed to stand for that I'm like, forget it. I never buy Lululemon clothes again. Never bought Lululemon clothes again. Fine. That's a choice that I made. I'm happy that I make it, made it. That being said, come on, I buy my children clothes at Gap and Old Navy and Nike and like those companies aren't probably engaging in really <laughs> troubling labor practices like you know and, and I'm not proud of that right and I do support different brands that I think have more sustainable things but I just mean that you know we, 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 we boycott Uber and then we take Lyft which is you know owned mostly by Peter Thiel who supports Trump so like I do I don't mean to be so cynical to say that boycotts aren't powerful forms of, of, of uh, you know, voicing your concerns, but I do think, you know, we should always realize, one, as I'm saying, that, you know, it's very hard to be philosophically consistent across all the ways that we consume. And then the second part, and I think this is important, too, although, again, 
I fully respect anyone who does boycott these companies, is that there's a much bigger chance that the, a boycott is going to affect the janitors and the front desk people and the instructors in particular clubs than to really affect the bottom line for someone like Ross. And that, you know, that's just probably true about the immediate um, impact, but I do think it's something we're thinking about for people who see themselves as on the side of the little guy, right? Oh, and I think that's a, and that you make a great point because yeah, there's a whole ecosystem within the club that mm-hmm. you know that relies on the membership. You know, when I've been in club operations, one of our you know key indicators or key performance indicators was revenue per member. How much money did they spend in the club in addition to in addition to their membership? And that's mm-hmm. really because because that is going to massage therapists, you know, personal trainers, the fitness instructors, you know, the group fitness instructors. So that's an that's an important metric, and, and so that's good of it. Good you bring up. Do you think this will have a long-term impact on the company? I really don't know. I mean, look, I'll tell you that I heard through the grapevine that um, traffic was slow and so I go in New York today. I can tell you that I drove by the Bridgehampton Soul Cycle, which is probably the closest one to this where this event is being held, um, just sort of by chance I was in that area. And I saw the parking lot was kind of buzzing. So, you know, I don't know if it'll have a long-term impact. One thing that I think is interesting about the impact or the lack of impact of this came up in response to my Twitter thread, and it's a point I hadn't thought of, but uh, a smart person I've never met, Marsha Chatelain, if I'm saying that right, brought this up. She said, because Equinox and SoulCycle are such um, luxury brands, one of the things that she does not imagine happening is that there'll be any kind of like blowback from Trump supporters to counter boycott, right? So think, for example, the difference between this situation where I can't really imagine, you know, legions of Trump supporters in the MAGA hats, like showing up for Soul Cycle in order to show their support for this, right? Um, <laughs> that's, right? Imagine that. You just can't, I mean, they right? need it. Many, many of them, yeah. I'm not saying that to put them down or fat shame, but it would not be a bad idea if they started right. patronizing some of these companies that, you know, if Mr. Ross does indeed support Mr. Trump, then certainly some of those MAGA supporters could benefit by supporting Mr. Ross. Exactly. So, but then the second point is, or the, in relation to that, imagine the, the difference to the reaction to Nike's signing Colin Kaepernick. Do you remember that there were all of those Trump supporters who were cutting the sweeps off of their socks, burning their Nike gear, and that really, no pun intended, fanned the flames of the because then the left gets more excited about it, and it like takes a lot more hold. I don't really see that happening with this particular issue because, you know, I, I, from, in most of America, no one knows what the hell Equinox and SoulCycle are, you know? And, talk uh, about, sorry. I mean, I'm sorry to cut in, but talk about white people problems, right? This is the epitome totally. of white people, first world problems. Yeah, it absolutely is. Not to say it doesn't speak to bigger issues and not to say that the anger that people feel about this is not justified, but these are pretty niche brands, I would say, that cater to markets that, I, I mean, I'm not totally outside of Trump's America, clearly, because this guy's like running fundraisers in the Hamptons and having all these people show up, but these are not like iconic American brands, let's say, in terms of, you know, kind of household name recognition. No, and that's true. And now, so to wrap this up, do you think, obviously it has, but do you think this can, social media can, can really make this worse than it could be? I mean, in terms of exacerbating this, because watching, I was, I was fascinated watching this yesterday, and I think you were pretty busy, 
just watching, you know, going back and forth a little bit. But it was fascinating to see how it blew up. It was in the top five of the Twitter trending uh, Twitter things, hashtags yesterday. Yeah. I mean, how fascinating yeah. is it that, that social media can have this impact? I, oh, totally. I mean, it's fascinating and it's good in a lot of ways. Like, we should be thinking about the fact that when we go to a, I don't know, a $30 spin class or buy a juice or something like that, we should be thinking about where, where those dollars go. And it's like fantasy to think that that doesn't have real impact, you know? So I'm glad that that's the case. I do think the social media thing, particularly on Twitter, which, you know, seems huge, but actually only represents like a tiny percentage of people even on social media. I think anything Trump tends to get lots of rage going. And then remember that lots of the people who are Twitter movers and shakers are people in the very same markets where Equinox and, and SoulCycle and related are. So, you know, there's a heavy, obviously, concentration of like New York media, for example, that's on Twitter very actively and, you know, walks by an Equinox on the way to work. It's not works out there on the way to work. So I think that that has something to do. My hunch is if you went to a lot of places in the country yesterday or today and we're like, what do you think about Ross's Hamptons fundraiser and what everyone's saying? <laughs> about Equinox, they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you know, am I getting a paycheck? And I think those are, which is actually exactly as you're saying, have a, a sense of what real concerns are for most of America. But I, but I think on that note, I think one of the things that occurred to me in getting ready for, for, the, for this conversation is that there are so many people who are Equinox members are affluent and have not been affected by this president. They, but they've seen mm-hmm. what the, the effects that he's had on other people. And I think this is something that where it's actually finally impacted them. And so this is a reaction. They're like, well, now this has finally touched me or touched home. What's something I care about? Do you think that would have anything to do with it? Is, is the fact that so many of these affluent members probably are relatively shielded from any impact of this administration. But this is something that actually touched home with them or touched base. Well, yeah. So there's the question that this actually is a brand that it's a lot, it's pretty painful for a lot of people to give up, right? I got so many text messages yesterday of like, what should I do? I live for my soul cycle class and I've been a member of Equinox for 20 years and yeah, but I really hate Trump and like, you know, am I willing to put my money where my mouth is and, um, you know, quit and, um, so that's, you're right that it is in a way touching people, at least with a brand that um, is very close to home for some people. But on the other hand, I don't know, but I think that one of the reasons that people might not walk away from it or the people who are affected, as we're talking about, might not wake up, walk away from it is because at the end of the day, they might be really angry about Trump, but they're being affected because there's a fundraiser by the passive investor in their gym who supports a politician that they don't like. That is so different from the level of being affected by the Trump administration of like having your child locked up in a cage, right? And so I think that this this points up again exactly what you're talking about, the way that the impact of the Trump administration is really unevenly felt, right? And if like hand-wringing over whether you should cancel Equinox or rebook at Barry's instead of SoulCycle tomorrow is like the way the Trump administration is really affecting your life. Like, I don't know, that seems to be like not a an enormously terrible problem to be dealing well, with. Well, but, that, but, that's, yeah. but that's, that's the point. That's exactly the point, right? Is I mean, yeah. this is really, this is, this is uh, so many of the people that, that are, have been reacting to this are really not affected by day-to-day fluctuations right. in our economy. Right, totally. Like, totally. Like components of it. So this is now actually something that's like, wow. 
So, hey, doctor, hey, I really appreciate your time. And the one thing I didn't even touch upon, it, and if you want to just comment on this at all, yeah. what did you think of that press release? I think you commented about your your, your Twitter thread, but you, yeah. you mentioned that they, they try to portray Mr. Ross as a passive investor. What's yeah. your reaction to, to the press release issued by the company? Um, yeah, it's a good question. So, look, I'm no expert in corporate finance or corporate structure, so, like, don't press me on that exactly. But I do think it's important that this is whatever passive investor means or doesn't mean. I think passive is probably trying really hard to say this guy's not involved. But I think that it is important that irrelevant, I should say, that Ross is not the founder of Equinox, but rather, you know, he's a big-time real estate investor who saw Equinox as a profitable property and bought it. Like, that to me is actually, Ross is not really being hypocritical in the way that a founder is being hypocritical, like Bikram Chowdhury and yoga and, you know, like preaching liberation and then sexually assaulting his students. Like, that is a very different kind of proximity to the product and to the community than this guy, who really is like a layer, if not more removed from the CEO of these fitness companies. So I think that that is a level of nuance that, you know, might not change people's minds, but is relevant in being like, Equinox and SoulCycle are being hypocrites. Um, that being said, that prompted me, as you may have seen on Twitter, I was like, so let's look up Harvey Spivak, the CEO of Twitter. Who does he give money to politically? I like that. And, I like the fact you yeah. did that, yeah. And uh, I felt a little like I was looking at someone's dirty laundry, but I'm like, hey, it's public on the internet. I didn't have to dig for this. I literally can enter someone's name in this database. So I looked, and, you know, sure enough, he's given to a bunch of Democratic um, uh, candidates. But honestly, his biggest contributions were in 2012, $20,000 to the RNC, and then a few thousand dollars, maybe five total, I think, to the Romney campaign. You can see the exact numbers on my Twitter. And so that's just interesting because I think that, you know, we, we, we kind of choose, like, what crosses the threshold to, like, merit our outrage, right? I mean, that's back to your original question, but this did happen in 2004. I don't know. Would we be so angry about, should we be so angry about the CEO of Equinox sponsoring uh, or you know, supporting the RNC, which for a very long time has been trying to roll back LGBT rights and women's rights and all of these other things. And so it's just interesting that it's Trump that fans this outrage in a very particular way. And I think we should be mindful of, of the details of the situation and how we react. Well, I just want to, I want to comment on one thing, then, then we'll wrap it yeah. up, because I, I think this sure. is very, very important. And that's the fact that, that Ross did not, he's not the founder of these companies. SoulCycle right. was founded by, by a couple of different women, and Equinox yeah. was built completely different. He just happens to have – you're right. He's a savvy investor. I have to yeah. tell you that just you're stating that and taking a step back. It's like, okay, that he, he, he is not I, – I, I don't see him as a hypocrite. I just see the dichotomy between the two different messages. That makes yeah. sense. It's, it's not totally. – the owners of the company aren't being hypocritical. He's just an investor who bought a good property. But I can exactly. still see the dichotomy in the messaging. Yeah, totally. And I think, right, so there's the one point that I think I said on Twitter, which is, like, this is not a guy who, like, came up through the gym world and then, like, betrayed its founding principles. This is a profit-seeking real estate investor who came from somewhere else and saw this as a way to make money. So there's that aspect of it, I think, that absolutely is right. And then, yeah, you can see, you couldn't call it hypocrisy to be somebody who supports Trump and then be profiting off of the very communities that Trump is trying to march. Um, 
But I do think it's a different kind of hypocrisy exactly than what you're saying if this had been a founder, for example, and involved in kind of the messaging of the brand. Because I don't think that is the case, that is the case as you say. Um, the last thing, though, though, that I think is interesting and we touched on before is like, yeah, Equinox, it's cynical because here's this like rich guy profiting off of, as I said, um, you know, a place that has proven a community for the very groups that Trump is trying to marginalize. But I do think in this and in all issues, we should be very careful to assume that one aspect of people's identity means that they believe a certain politics or act a certain way. And I say that because, yes, there's no question, Equinox is a very gay gym and is very welcoming to LGBTQ people, to women, for sure. It's also, like I said, a place for very rich people. And so you can imagine a situation where a kind of class consciousness allies people much more than these other aspects of their of their personality. So I think we should remember that people are complex and don't always behave the way we might expect them to as well. Well, that's a great, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Now, Natalia, yeah. you also host a podcast as well, correct? Do you, you want to give out uh, some contact info and, and your social media yeah. handles? Absolutely. So um, I host a weekly podcast called Past Present Podcast, and we take the headlines like this one and kind of give you the history behind that. It's me and two other great historians, Neil J. Young, not that Neil Young, and Nicole Hemmer. And you can find us on Twitter at Past Present Pod and on Instagram under the same and download on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. So yeah, Apple Podcasts. Thank you. I really enjoy those conversations with Dr. Petrozella. And actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to link down below to a show we, we recorded last year about – she wrote a great piece around Pride last year just about the history of the gay community and its impact on the fitness industry. Because I don't think a lot of people realize that before the 60s and 70s – I kind of touch on this another time. Before the 60s and 70s when the modern commercial health clubs came – the only people who went to gyms in like the 40s, 50s, and 60s were gay men. I mean, the, really the modern health club kind of evolved from the, the gyms where gay men would meet in the, the 50s and 60s. Anyway, Dr. Petrozella wrote a great piece on that, and I interviewed her about that. I really appreciate her input because really I think this is what it is, right? I mean, we all make choices every day for how we spend our money, for how we spend our time, for the people we hang out with. And we want to hang out with like-minded people. Or at the, very, at the very least, we want to hang out with people that we don't find disagreeable. I mean, we all have those friends who they do a couple things. Hey, you know, maybe they drink a little bit too much. Maybe they speed. They drive a little recklessly. Whatever they do, you know, whatever. But we accept them because that's part of who they are. And when we look at our politicians, we can accept a lot of flaws in our politicians. We can accept a lot of flaws in our leaders. You know, but I think what America has a hard time with is such a compulsive liar and somebody who is just straight up lying to our faces when we see otherwise. And who, let's, not, let's not even go into his treatment of other people, but I think that's why there's such a visceral reaction. Because when you look at a situation like this, people are saying, well, I'm going to cancel my $200 a month gym membership. How much of America is really affected by that? <laughs> not much at all, right? So you're talking about total first world problems. But on the back end of that, where do you make your choices? You know, if, if it came out that Howard Schultz was a major Trump supporter, would you stop going? You know, would you stop going to Starbucks? Dr. Petrozella used the example of Chick-fil-A. I personally don't go to Chick-fil-A. I personally take Lyft. And, and yeah, Peter Thiel is a, you know, whatever. But I thought the, the founder of Uber was such a repulsive idiot that I've been using Lyft ever since. So, yeah, we can make choices in the way we spend our money. 
We can choose. I mean, if you are a fan of the present, please go out and buy a membership at Equinox. If you're a fan of the present, start doing soul cycle classes. From what I've seen of some of the MAGA rallies, y'all could use it, so it might not be a bad thing. You know, and that's really you know, what it comes down to is we all have choices, and we have to react to that. And what occurred to me today, what really occurred to me, and I'm going to end on this, folks, because I put this together. The people who get the greatest benefit out of this are the salespeople, the sales and membership salespeople at Equinox. Because guess what's going to happen in about two to four months? The thousands of people who canceled their membership in the last 24 hours, in a couple months, are going to turn around and come back. They're going to hold their noses, they're going to shrug their shoulders, and they're going to buy memberships. So the real people winning in this situation are going to be the membership consultants who are going to be resigning all these members, and they get bonuses on that. So when you take a look at it, if you understand the health club game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But we all have choices, folks. We all have options for how we spend our money. You know, and, and if you want to spend your money that aligns with your values, that's your right. You know, if you want to support certain candidates, that's your right. But understand, if you support certain political candidates in this climate, people may react to that. That's what we have here. This is, we have a free market. As of right now, we, we theoretically have a free market society. And I'll say theoretically. We free, theoretically have the freedom to make our decisions. Mr. Ross is free to donate to whomever he chooses. You know, and I think that's a very, very important point. He did not found the company. Equinox and SoulCycle were founded by different people. They were founded by people with different values than Mr. Ross. He just happened to be somebody who thought it was a good investment. You know, the people who sold Equinox and SoulCycle to him, they're the ones that maybe you should be mad at. If you want to be mad at anybody, be mad at them. Because they they founded a company based on these values. And what they do? They sold out. Nothing wrong with that, folks. That's capitalism. That's the American dream. Mr. Ross is free to do as he pleases. If you're a member of Equinox, you're free to do as you please. If you work for Equinox, God bless, stay strong, and just know that you guys are doing the right thing, and the members will come back to you. We all know how that works. And since I teased this earlier, I do, I do want to talk about why I'm not an employee of Equinox anymore. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything about the company. And I haven't shared this at all on the podcast, but the fact is I am uh, finalizing a divorce I am, uh, my wife and I, or my ex-wife and I have gone our separate ways, and she is probably one of, the, she's the best instructor I know. She's the one who introduced me to the industry, she's the one who taught me how to be an instructor, and, you know, when we were going through the separation and everything, she asked me to, you know, she, she wanted to have Equinox, and, you know, based on everything else that had gone on, it, I absolutely, she's such a fabulous instructor, I, I it was like, you know what, that's a fair, fair ask. Yeah, so I'm no longer an Equinox employee. Uh, it's, it was a great company to work for. I really enjoyed working for them. Um, but out of respect to her, out of respect to, to the mother of my children, she uh, definitely, she's a better instructor. Between the two of us, she's much better than I am. So she she rightfully deserves the title of Equinox instructor. And uh, I'm going to go apply my trade elsewhere. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for stopping by. And I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.